0: This is It Was a Thing on TV. Total
1: Red Man has ever done something like this to me! It's, uh... Kill Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... The Dregs of
0: Humanity! Episode 267, submission number 467. Jason of Star Command. Jason of Star Command aired on CBS on Saturday mornings from September 9th of 1978 through December 1st of 1979 for a total of 28 episodes.
1: Danger hides in the stars. This is the world of Jason of Star Command. A space-age soldier of fortune determined to stop the most sinister force in the
0: universe, Dragos, Master of the Cosmos. Aiding Jason in his battle against evil is a talented team of experts, all working together in a secret section of Space Academy. Jason of Star Command, Chapter One, Attack of the Dragon Ship.
1: Well, guys, in the 1970s, well, the late 1970s specifically, as we talked about in previous episodes, science fiction, was so hot at this point. You had Star Wars in 77. Capture the imagination of the country. And of course. We've talked about that period. In previous centuries The Star Wars Holiday Special. And the 1978 Science Fiction Film Awards.
2: Obviously. Everybody wanted a piece of that Lucasfilm dollar. So. What do you do? Find an adventure. Put it in space. Add a few robots. But. If you're a CBS in 1978, you don't give the hero a gun, because Saturday mornings tend to frown on that sort of thing. Duh. Yeah. But I watched an episode or two of Jason of Star Command. You cannot tell me that Jason of Star Command did not bear a striking resemblance to Han Solo.
1: Yeah, he was definitely a Han Solo type.
2: Yep. But the genesis of Jason of Star Command actually happened, I want to say, a year before with a show called Space Academy, which used several props and sets and uh, B roll that would be reused in Jason of Star Command. Like that gigantic, giant uh, security complex that's aboard a meteor. And it's just floating through space like it's something. They reused that from Space Academy. They also reused many of the same sets. And in Season 2, a talking robot. A robot? A talking robot. Huh. Granted, it was like two foot nothing. But it was a robot. And it talked. And it flashed while it was talking. So, yeah.
0: And I should also add that Space Academy was done by the same production company, so it's not a surprise they're reusing set pieces.
2: Especially not a surprise when you consider that that production company was... bell Nation.
0: The cave Sheep. Maybe next to Sandy Frank. We're not playing the song.
1: Oh... Okay. <laughs> Play the song! Come on, everybody, let's do the Sandy Frank song! Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, he's the source of all our pain! Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, gets up at the house all day! Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank, thinks that people come from trees! Sandy Frank, Sandy Frank!
2: We only played that because Lou Cyber and Norm Prescott do not get a song because nobody's thought of it yet.
0: We could do one. We could do one on Space Academy, Jason of Star Command, the Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters cartoon in 1986. (laughs) Boy, the list could go on and on.
2: Yeah, yeah, it can. And also, and also Fat Albert and the
1: Mr. Black
2: kids. What?
1: Mr. Black kids.
2: No, the other. Mr. Black. And the Mr. Black kids. The black, Mr. Black.
1: Oh, that one, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I need a little <laughs> bit of clarity there. I gotta be honest. I much preferred Fat Abbott from South Park.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I really would like to see. Fat it's like, Albert. how could you? For I was like, how could you know? How could you not know about Fat Albert? It made Keenan Thompson's career.
0: But we talked about him last week. I would like to see oh, time a fat... Time wait, 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 wait. No, hold on, hold on, stop. I gotta get this out of my system. I really would like to see a fat Albert and the...
1: Mr. Black.
0: kids. I'm sorry. Hilarity ensues. It lasts okay. two episodes and gets cancelled. Oh, no, 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 no,
1: no. 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 But I was gonna say no. Everyone knows it was D2, the Mighty Ducks, that made Teton Thompson's career. No, it was heavyweights that made Keenan Thompson's career.
2: Special shout-out to Aubrey Dollar. I went to governor's school with her. Oh, yeah.
1: Paul Feig was in heavyweights. made his career. That made his career.
0: There you go. I thought the appearance when he was a champion on $25,000 Pyramid (laughs) made his career. No, that made his rent for the week. But, yeah. Filmation very on the cheap if you will
2: very on the cheap yes but you could tell where they were going when they were trying to sort of harken back to the old-timey uh space serials flash gordon buck rogers john carter of mars that sort of thing
0: they were getting aboard the science fiction space bandwagon what can you say yep This is the era of Battlestar Galactica, and like you said, Star Wars, and the Star Trek movie, the first one, would be coming out, what, about 81, Greg? No,
1: 79. No, the first
2: one came out. Oh, 79? 79. So that falls within
0: this this window, this range.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we're actually going to be talking about Star Trek The Motion Picture later on in this episode. Okay. Because that will come into play on some of the decisions made between Season 1 and Season 2.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay.
2: Mm -hmm. But let's go on to the uh, cast of Jason of Star Command. Star Command consisted of Jason, who is basically a hero for hire, who lives on Star Command and reports to his commander. And with his friends, Professor E.J. Parsifoot, and his many captains, he patrols the depths of space, fighting crime, doing away with evil, and other stuff. But evil in this sort of realm of space takes the form of a one-eyed, bearded baddie named Dragos who commands his army of yes-men from his dragon ship. I swear to God I am not making these names up. I think these names are bad now, It gets so much worse. (laughs) Playing the role of Jason is Craig Littler, who has been in many roles in his day, but is perhaps known more for a very famous commercial with a very famous line. He was one of the first, if not the first, to ask a guy in a Rolls Royce if he had any Grey Poupon. Oh! That's great. Yep.
1: The finer things in life.
2: Happily,
0: some are affordable, like Grey Poupon Dijon mustard. Grey Poupon is so fine, it's even made with white wine. Its original French Dijon recipe adds distinctive flavor to beef, pork, and poultry, salad dressing and sauces, and, of course, sandwiches... So enjoy one of life's finer pleasures. Pardon me, would you have any Grey Poupon? But of course. Grey Poupon.
2: It even has wine. It even has wine. Playing his major domo, Professor E.J. Parsifoot, is Charlie Dell. Um, Mike, you would probably know more about Charlie Dell than I would at the moment, because a little bit of behind the veil here, my power is out.
0: Okay. Well, actually, Charlie Dell was on Married with Children two different times, separated by eight years. Charlie Dell was on Married with Children's second season premiere, a two-part episode called Poppies by the Tree, where he played a Florida resident. I think I just need to say that. Florida resident. That's all you need to know. Florida resident, even in 1987. But also... Five years later, he played an insurance adjuster, I think. He wasn't an insurance salesman. He he was the guy that came out to uh, validate a claim Al Bundy made uh, that he was scarred uh, from an incident at the shoe store and stopped wearing shoes. He played Leslie Baum on that episode called Shoeless Al, of all things. So, yeah, he – he had to uh, basically make the payout or determine if Al was traumatized forever because of this incident at the shoe store.
1: One little problem, though, Mr. Bundy. Don't you usually bowl in shoes? <laughs> He's right, Al. It's time to
0: ooze-lay the amskay. <laughs>
1: He said, lose the scam. It's not a
0: scam. Other than that, he's pretty much, I don't want to say that guy from that show, but he has credits out the wazoo going all the way back to the early 70s. And he even has credits that are current. Most recently, something called Archibald's Next Big Thing. And he also actually uh, was on one episode, and we talked about this uh, show last week, Grayson Frankie. Oh. Yeah. So he's making the rounds. He's all over the place. But yeah, he made a 50-year career out of sort of being uh, a character actor, that guy from that show. I should also add uh, Evening Shade, he played Nub Oliver for 56 episodes. So that's really his big series besides uh, Jason the Star Command. Not that necessarily – two seasons or a season and a half is is that long. But, yeah, he, he's been a character actor for much of his career.
2: Right. And then Captain Nicole Davidoff is played by Susan Pratt, who I believe she was actually, I want to say she was a stewardess in a movie, but I don't remember what the movie was was
0: private parts.
2: Oh, thank you. It was Howard Private Stern's
0: parts. movie, yeah. Uh but also she's been on some of your uh, stories. She's been on all my children, guiding light, loving general hospital. She's made the rounds on your stories if you will.
2: But fun fact, was married to George O'Hanlon Jr. That is the son of George O'Hanlon, who you would probably know better as the voice of George Jetson, not junior, but senior. Oh. Wow. Yep. And during her time on Jason of Star Command, she was credited as Susan O'Hanlon. Okay. And as the commander, Commander Carnarvon of Star Command, we have James Doohan. And if you don't know who James Doohan is, just stop. Seriously.
0: Yeah, seriously. I I even know who he is. And I, I thought he was in Star Wars. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he, come he, 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 he was Scotty.
1: He, Every, everyone knows Scotty. He's yeah. like a freaking icon, Scotty. We all love Scotty. But he was
2: only in... 16 episodes, all 16 episodes of Season 1. By the way, Season 1 was part of a block of shows called Tarzan and the Super 7, all of which were produced by Filmation, Norm Prescott, and Lou Scheimer, executive producer. And Jason of Star Command was the only live-action show. But apparently it did so well that it spun off a second season as a standalone show, while uh, Tarzan and the Super 7 would go on to include other filmation properties like Shazam, the animated show, not the live-action show. So, James Doohan could not join season two of Jason Star Command because he was filming Star Trek The Motion Picture.
1: Which makes sense. Been, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because that would have been filming around early, mid 79. In mm-hmm. fact, if you go into the archives, me and Chica, we just did a live show for Star Trek The Motion Picture because the director's edition came out last month on Paramount Plus. So, that is correct. So,.
2: We have James Doohan as the first commander, so we need a second commander, and we end up with John Russell, who plays the commander as a... Commander Stone is his name. I want to say his name is Commander Stone. And he looks like a Commander Stone, because he is blue. He is absolutely blue all over. Well, it's more like a bluish-gray, but... Yeah, and joining Star Command in Season 2 also is Samantha, who is played by Tamara Dobson, who has been in, I want to say, a week's worth of episodes of Previous Entry Beat the Clock.
0: Winning money today for the red section of our audience from Young Love, First Love, Leslie Ackerman, and from Soap, Robert Manden. And winning money for the green section
1: from Jason of Star
0: Command... Tamara Dobson and from the White Shadow, Ken Michaelman. As we play the All New All Star.
2: Beat the clock. But if you are a child of the 70s, you probably remember Tamara Dobson for another role. Oh? Tamara Dobson played Cleopatra Jones.
1: In what? In Cleopatra Jones. Jones. That's Jones. the name
2: of the movie.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know. You what don't you're... know your black exploitation films, Greg?
2: No, I don't. Oh, Greg. So yeah, uh, Tamra Dobson, after finding uh, gainful employments in the black exploitation circuit, is now doing game shows and cheesy science fiction. That rates. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, the show needed promotion, and really, uh, the episodes that she was on a Beat the Clock were around Thanksgiving of 1979, like literally a week or two before the final episode originally aired. We'll get into the reruns later, but they
2: tried, question mark? An attempt was made.
0: An att- a valiant attempt was made, or uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: we have our staff of Starkmans. Oh, yeah, by the way, also in season two, we have a little robot. We have two little robots in this series. During season one, Jason had a pocket robot that could pretty much do anything. And its call sign was W1K1. He called it Wiki. Yes, he did because that's what it looked like. Actually, it looked like one of those little wind-up dealies, and it sounded, fun fact, it sounded like a bunch of voice actors doing a really high-pitched voice actor doing a really high-pitched voice, and then somebody in audio speeding it up and making it even higher.
0: Well, we did say that uh, Lou Scheimer was the king of cheap, and, yeah, really, this wind-up toy, I mean, and, and kids of the 70s and 80s know what I'm talking about. It had the little dial, and you'd wind it, and these little feet would sort of go back and uh, up and down, back and forth. And and, and you heard the uh, whatever, uh, I don't want to say gear, but spring-like. Uh, that you know, sort of
2: grinding gear
0: sound? Yeah, I I, I I'm not good with words tonight, but yeah, I, I, if you saw it, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I had toys like that back in 1980, whatever, or 1970, whatever. Yeah. You know, back when we actually had toys, we weren't you know, stuck to computers and telephones and
2: back in the good old days. Want to tell us what happens to all those toys back in the good old days?
0: We had no. fun with them and they broke. And darn it,
2: we enjoyed them. It's okay, Pop no, Pop. No, no, like
0: seriously, it. like I said, if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I had a toy like that where you wound it up and it moved probably like 15, 20 seconds and you have to wind it up again. And if you over uh, wound it, the the, the, the spring or, or whatever coil would snap and your toy would be broken. Yeah. Oh, like I said, good old days. I remember them very well from my childhood.
2: Well, the good old days weren't always that good, were they?
0: <laughs> I'm going to made sit a- here and reminisce while you talk about the other robot.
2: Oh yeah, the other robot was recycled from Space Academy because apparently Space Academy was supposed to be the first show and Jason of Star Command was actually the sequel to Space Academy because Star Command is actually an offshoot of the Space Academy. Or is it Space Academy, an offshoot of Star Command? Well,
0: Star Command came later, so you'd figure that Space Academy was the first show, and chronologically, it's fair to think that it was also the first show, and Jason of Star Command was the sequel. Makes logical sense, I think.
2: Ah, right. Oh, you know who we forgot to talk about in the cast?
0: Did we forget to talk about uh Drago or whatever his name is?
2: Dragos. Yes. We yeah. forgot to talk about the bearded, one-eyed bastard Dragos, played by Sid Haig. He was a really, really bad man.
1: Yeah, one of the he old time- like a bad man. Oh yeah, one of the all time legends of horror. Yep.
2: Uh we want to talk about uh, the Rob Zombie films. House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. Uh, he's also a, a, a veteran of the Roger Corman franchises.
1: So, yeah, he did it all.
2: Mm-hmm. Sadly, no longer with us, so... Mm, yeah. So, yeah, let's go over all of the episodes here, because, like we said, there are 28 episodes. An interesting thing, because the first 16, the first season was part of Tarzan and the Super 7. They're all 50-minute chapters. Because this is supposed to evoke the whole old-timey space serial.
0: Yeah, and every episode basically ended on a cliffhanger. Like you said, the old radio serials where you know next week is our hero going to get out of danger and what's going to happen to the uh, the princess blah 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 but yeah everyone had a cliffhanger so you you sort of had a continuous storyline not unlike a soap opera sort of
2: nope
0: no so let's get into the episodes we're going to start with episode 1 from season 1 attack of the dragon ship the Space Academy is struck by a mysterious force unleashed by an alien ship, and Commander Carnarvon is abducted by a mysterious beam. Jason and Dr. Parsifoot investigate in their spaceship and find and rescue Carnarvon, was floating in outer space. Jason discovers the attacking vessel belongs to the evil Dragos and is captured and placed in prison.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. I agree. I was going to do the exact same thing, but I'd let you two handle it. So within the first, like, 90 seconds to two minutes of the episode, this came across as, like, really cheap. Dr. Parsifoot came into the the cockpit, and for some reason he was, like, sworn by bats or flies or space – some sort of space creature, space bats, space flies (laughs) – Yeah,
2: apparently the space flies have giant protruding antenna coming out of the tops of their heads that look nothing like fish wire.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is you could tell they're being held by nylon fishing line very clearly. I mean, they didn't even try to hide it. I'm just like at that point, this is like. This is worse than like filmation cheap. I mean, I know filmation is cheap, but it's like the you could see the nylon line that was ridiculous. Anywho, the other thing I find kind of interesting is Doctor Carnarvon's floating in outer space. Wouldn't he be dead because there's no oxygen in outer space?
2: Uh, yeah, this is yeah. basically yeah, this is basically John Lithgow and Santa Claus all over
1: again. It's following Superman 4 logic of space. Why do you have to mention that movie? Bad. Because we love it. But you know how much I should... But you know oh, no. what I don't love Santa Claus the movie as much as
0: Wait for it. Want- so as I was saying, episode
1: two. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't love it as much as I love the show Wings. Yeah, we know. That's why we went to episode two. Guys, you want to know a secret?
2: Oh,
0: please tell me that Tony Shalhoub was on an episode of this show. No. Aw.
1: But I will say, this is going to be a big revelation, okay? Okay, you ready for this?
0: I'm I'm adequately seated, yes. I love Wings. <laughs> the hell you say?
2: I am shocked. Oh my god, I am shocked. This is my shock phase. Words cannot convey how much shock I am in right now.
0: I'm just curious. Did uh, Wings make Tony Shalhoub's career just like Charlie Dell's career was made on Jason of Star Command?
1: Yes.
2: Amazing. The things myself. I learn about you on this show, Greg, for serious... The things, the things you learned learn about,
0: about Tony Shalhoub on this show. Yeah. All right, I mean, now let's... Now, focus, focus. We're getting to episode two.
2: Yeah, this is where things start to pop off, apparently.
0: Episode two is titled Prisoner of Dragos. Dragos introduces himself to Jason as Master of the Cosmos. He creates an energy clone of the captive Jason and reveals that a similar clone of Commander Carnarvon is already doing his Bidding at Star command.
2: Oh, no.
0: He's this got could- cloning technology.
2: He has cloning technology? This can't possibly end well.
0: Well, let's find out as we go to episode three. Before we get to episode three, it should be noted that Lou Simer is a narrator on this series, not unlike what he did with the Ghostbusters. Again, he didn't like spending money, you know, hiring outside people. So he's going to narrate it himself.
2: Hey, he's got the voice for it.
0: He does. He does. And he saved the money, too. So he's got the money. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. Episode three, Escape from Dragos. Okay, here we go. They're looks like they're going to escape. The energy clone of Commander Carnarvon attempts to sabotage the Space Academy's defense and is thwarted by Nicole and Dr. Parsifoot. Jason and the real Carnarvon manage to break out of their jail cells, but only Carnarvon manages to escape from the vessel.
2: Uh, is this Carnarvon or fake Carnarvon?
0: Uh, makes- Jason, it says Jason and the real Carnarvon manage to break out of their jail cells, but okay. only Carnarvon, presumably the real Carnarvon, manages to escape the vessel. What would the, so- the clone want to, to, to escape the vessel from?
2: Okay, so Jason is still stuck on the dragon ship. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, now it's starting to make sense. Good. All right. Episode four is called A Cry for Help. When Carnarvon's clone manages to escape and disable the Academy's shields, Dragos orders an all-out attack, which causes the ship to hurtle out of control towards a star. Jason transforms... A furry, speechless creature into its true shape. A lovely princess and the two manage to escape from Dragos' cells to a tiny planetoid that begins to disintegrate from the force of the Dragos attack on the Academy.
2: That can't be good. No.
0: A furry, speechless creature into a lovely princess. Okay, whatever. Yep. And it looks like the princess may have been played by Roseanne Caton.
2: Oh, she was in two episodes of Full House as Mrs. Manning. Among that, other things. Among, among other,
0: other things, things. In, in, including... We talked about her in the past, believe it or not. She played Lori Marshall on Grady. The Sanfordverse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And now we're going to go to episode five which is called Wiki to the Rescue. Boy, that sounds like what happens on every recording session of this podcast. Wiki to the Rescue. Yep. (laughs) No lies. No lies detected. No lies detected. With the guidance of Wiki, Jason's personal robot, Nicole locates Jason and Princess Allegra before their plantoid disintegrates. In order to stop Dragos from jamming the Academy's controls, Jason launches the Starfire by autopilot into the enemy spaceship and manages to escape with Nicole and Princess Allegra to a nearby asteroid. Mm. And yes, Princess Allegra is played by Roseanne Caton.
2: Because if you're going to have a serial, you better have the actress who plays the same role. Right. Otherwise, the uh, continuity is all screwed up. But then again, this is a place where you have energy clothes going in and out willy-nilly. So
0: and going to the next episode, which is episode six, Planet of the Lost. While trapped on an asteroid, Nicole and Jason drive off an alien creature that attacked Princess Allegra, Dr. Parsifoot and Wiki managed to sneak a starfire spaceship out of the space academy and rev the three heroes but Dragos and his minions manage to track their craft. Jason orders Allegra to use the mini-cat module to report their position to Commander Carnarvon. Just after she escapes, Dragos forces Jason's ship onto the surface of the Planet of the Lost. Oh, boy. So now... He... Why am I getting the vibe that we're going to see like a lot of science fiction tropes? I'm thinking specifically different adventures from Star Trek going to very deserted lands.
2: Yeah. Deserted planetoids that look absolutely nothing like a soundstage with a bunch of rocks and a different colored background. Yeah. With chroma-keyed stop-motion creatures running about.
0: Oh, come on. Filmation using... (laughs) The next oh, thing on. you're going
2: to tell me is Greg on. loves wings.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. You're, you're saying they would use chroma-keyed aliens and stuff like that? How cheap do you think Lou Shimer is? I withdraw the question.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, dude, come on, boy. You saw Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw many things from Lou Shimer, Absolutely. All right. Moving on to Episode 7, Marooned in Time. Jason, Nicole, and Dr. Parsfoot are captured by Captain Kidd, who explains that they have landed on a planet trapped in time by Dragos. Jason tricks the captain into taking his pocket robot, Wiki, then manages to pick the lock, securing the stocks, imprisoning his friends with a splinter. Jason needs the gold and silver in the captain's chest to repair the engines on a spacecraft and follows Wiki's homing beacon to the cave where the treasure is hidden.
2: So, obviously, Wiki is going to be, uh, Wiki is going to take, uh, the spotlight on this episode.
0: Well, that and also, they need this gold and silver that's hidden in a cave, and how is that going to fix the spaceship? I don't know. Maybe the spaceship runs on gold and silver? I don't know.
2: I don't know. I don't know.
0: We're not paid to think that hard. Okay. So that's going to take us to Episode 8. And Episode 8 is titled... Attack of the Dragons. Professor Parsifoot manages to repair the Starfire... ...and he and his friends take off from the limbo of the lost planet. Having rescued Captain Kidd from Dragos' booby trap the pirate agrees to join the fight against the alien tyrant. When the Starfire's navigation system is disabled, the captain uses his sextant to calculate their location and course, and the ship arrives at Space Academy just in time to thwart Dragos' latest attack by his ship's guidance system, sending his vessel adrift into deep space.
2: Yeah, take that, Dragos. You one-eyed bastard!
0: I'm wondering how a sextant would work in outer space, but that's just me.
2: Probably the same way that breathing works in outer space, but go on.
0: Oh, yeah, because, yeah, you, know, you can just float in outer space and, and survive. Perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Episode 9 is titled, Peepo's Last Chance. Space Command is in danger when Peepo, Dr. Parsifoot's marvelous new robot is captured by Dragos' minions and his memory bank scanned.
2: The joke is that Peepo is neither new nor belonging to Dr. Parsifoot because this is a recycled prop from Space Academy. Because Filmation.
0: And speaking of Filmation, the voice of Peepo, we've talked about her in the past, Uh, I believe it was on the Ghostbusters, Erica Scheimer, Lou Shimer's daughter. Yep. Episode 10 is The Disappearing Man. Lieutenant Matt Prentice has escaped from being experimented on by Dragos, but is stuck in time, moving at a much faster pace than everyone around him. Jason volunteers to enter the other time dimension to rescue him.
2: Playing the role of Lieutenant Matt Prentice, yes, he is reprising his role from Space Academy, John Berwick, but his connection to Peepo and Starkvans are never mentioned.
0: Okay. That's
2: but he's a- but he's also known as Rex Ruthless in the Hero High shorts on the competing the kid's superpower hour with Shazam, also a filmation joint by the way. And was also on an episode of Future Entry Time Express. All you right. Know, the love yeah. it's the love boat on a time train.
1: It's no super train.
0: Nothing can beat the super train. Why even try? All right, that takes us to episode 11, which is called The Haunted Planet. While searching for their missing robot, Peepo, Jason's spacecraft is hit by a radiation beam and makes a forced landing on the frigid planet of Kesh, where their ship explodes soon after touchdown. Jason, Nicole, and Professor meets Kesha's Queen Vanessa, who imprisons them after running them unconscious with sleeping gas.
2: Oh God, we have a name on this episode. Don't oh, we? I'm
0: not done yet. Hold, hold your horses. Okay. They learn that the beautiful but evil queen is in league with Dragos and plans to turn over the three heroes to him.
2: How beautiful and how evil.
0: This is a name. This is a big name. Okay. Catwoman from the Batman TV series. The one and only Julie Newmar.
2: I don't know. I mean, Julie Newmar is really, really something, and I love Julie Newmar. She's not worth a cat, but I love Julie Newmar.
1: Or leave Meriwether. But I'll guarantee you this. I bet Wong Fu loved it.
2: I betcha Wong
1: Fu loved it indeed. With love. Oh, yeah. Also, thanks for everything, Julie knew more. That was kind of deep. Now, guys, you might think that my John Leguizamo wings would be Super Mario Brothers the movie. No, it's Wong Fu.
0: I can buy that. I will take that. That's a valid That's, answer. That rates.
1: That it rates. sure as hell isn't the best. Yeah. Which I mentioned in a previous episode.
0: Also, two other names I'm going to mention. Playing the snow monster in this episode is an actor named Ram Anand. This is his only credit in IMDb.
2: Ram Anand.
0: Ram Anand. And he even went uncredited on the episode. So the one IMDb credit, he didn't even get credit for on the original episode.
2: Well, neither did Erica Scheimer, just saying.
0: Right, true. Uh, Also in this episode, playing Bork, is Angelo Rosito. And the only reason I mention uh, Angelo Rosito is because of his height. He makes Billy Barty look like a giant. Two feet, 11 inches tall.
2: He makes Billy Party look like Minute Bull.
0: I would have accepted George Mirasan, but that's fine. And we all know that George Mirasan's career was made on My Giant.
1: True. Hey, guys. Do you know how many people consider My Giant to be their pro's little wings?
0: Nobody! And actually, talking about Angelo Rosito, we did talk about him in the past. He played Mr. Big and the lead singer of the hat band on Lidsville. Oh, God. So basically, going all the way back to 1927, believe it or not, he was that diminutive person on that movie and or TV show.
2: That's the guy you got when you couldn't afford to get Billy Party, basically.
0: And believe it or not, he actually was on STTNG. What? His last credit while he was living was as a spectator an uncredited role uh, on the episode from 1987 encounter at farpoint
1: that was the first episode oh, dude that's the premiere mm-hmm. there you go and by the way have we mentioned many times in this podcast that chico went to school with john delancey's son
0: okay we're gonna move on to episode 12 now called escape from cash Boy, I wonder if they escape from Kesh in this episode. (laughs) Professor Parsifut shrinks Jason's size sufficiently to escape between the bars of the electrified cage that hold them prisoner, and once outside of the cell, he turns off the current. With Nicole in tow, Jason and the Professor steal Queen Vanessa's spaceship, not realizing that the Queen and her henchmen are also aboard with a sleep grenade that knocks them out.
2: Uh Uh-oh.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. She then sets course to take her captives to Dragos.
2: Man, you uh
0: can't.
2: Yeah, there's your uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what you do, you can never truly escape Dragos, can you? No.
0: And the next episode, episode 13, is called Return of the Creature. Jason escapes from Dragos' jailers and rescues Nicole and the professor from the dangerous alien creature using the freezing rod he took from one of the guards. Dragos commences another attack on the Space Academy by disrupting their guidance systems, sending them hurtling towards a space typhoon. Jason and his friends rescue Peepo the robot, steal a spaceship, and race towards the Academy, not realizing Dragos has reprogrammed the robot to respond to his commands.
2: Stranger danger.
0: Yeah, if if the robot has been reprogrammed, not good. NG, no good. Yeah, so now they got to probably find a way to un-reprogram him or re-reprogram him. Something like that.
2: Oh, I'm looking on my phone at episode 14. They do so much more than that.
0: Well, let's talk about it. Episode 14 is Peepo on Trial. Nicole's efforts to accelerate the Space Academy's engines are sabotaged by Pipo the robot, who is now under Dragos' control. Jason sends Wiki to distract Pipo and manages with Carnarvon's help to regain control of the spacecraft. Their efforts may be too late to prevent the forward momentum from carrying the Academy directly into the heart of the Galactic Typhoon.
2: This looks bad. This looks very bad.
0: I don't see anybody on trial. It, it, it seems like, yeah, they're going towards a space typhoon, which sounds like maybe a black hole, which definitely is not good. I don't know. Well, let's see what happens on episode 15. Where this is the second-to-last episode from season one, and it's called The Trojan Horse. Thanks to Jason and Carnarvon's timely repairs, the Space Academy barely manages to avoid the Galactic Typhoon. Jason discovers the reprogrammed people that Dragos controls all of his minions through a medallion he wears at all times. Jason and Nicole sneak aboard Dragos' massive space vessel, locate him in his command room, and steal his medallion only to discover the Dragos they've confronted is only an energy clone and that they've fallen into a trap. Well, yeah, they've fallen into a trap. Let's see how they get out of the trap. In episode 16, the final episode of season one, the victory of Star Command. The victory of Star Command. Hey, maybe this means there's no reason for season two or they're going to go on a new adventure. Let's find out. With Jason, a captive, aboard his spaceship, Dragos commences his final assault upon the Space Academy. Jason once again manages to escape. And having dispatched all the guards, confronts his enemy man to man.
2: I betcha it makes for a really good Saturday morning friendly fist fight.
0: Well, you know, also it gives season one some closure in case they weren't renewed for season two.
2: Yep. But remember, um, Casey yeah. doesn't have a gun.
0: And we've seen all too often on different series, there is no closure. They leave you hanging, and you're kept hanging forever. That's why we like I Married Dora from last week. They just broke the fourth wall and said, hey, guess what? No cliffhanger. We're canceled. Bye, everybody. We're done.
2: Bye. Uh, Well, Jason's basically looking for Dragos. Dragos calls his guards. Jason... Deflects Dragos' eye-beam. By the way, that is a practical effect that is not edited in. And Jason just looks at his foe and says, It's just the two of us. And I'm betting on me. And after the fight, he goes, Like, I'm leaving, but I shall return. I promise you. I will be alive in every dark corner of the universe. And everything evil that happens, I shall be there. (laughs) ha 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 Disappearing, leaving his cape and helmet. See what happens when you don't give the good guy a laser blaster? Just saying.
0: Blue Shimer couldn't afford it. So now, before uh, Season 2, as we mentioned, we did lose James Doohan... Because he did the Star Trek movie. And we have a new addition who we'll talk about shortly. We talked about her earlier, Tamara Dobson. But we'll give a proper introduction to who she is in a moment. As we start Season 2 with Mission to the Stars.
2: As a reminder, in Season 2 we are up to half-hour episodes, most of them fully contained.
0: Yeah. In this first episode, Jason is in trouble with the new commander but discovers Samantha who is Tamara Dobson, a mysterious woman preserved in suspended animation aboard a space wreck. So they find James Dewan's replacement, basically, in that first episode. Episode two, Frozen in Space. A deadly freeze ray threatens Star Command. Jason and Samantha land on a remote planetoid and discover Dragos is behind the evil threat.
2: Fuck this guy.
0: Now he's got his freeze ray. What is going on?
2: I guess he really did not like Jason making an example of him back in season one.
0: Yeah, he, he lost that little fight. Yeah.
2: John Berwick actually returns in this episode as a different character, Tehor.
0: And that takes us to episode three in season two, Web of the Star Witch. Captured by Queen Medusa an ally of Dragos, Jason is offered vast wealth and power to join her evil crusade. Is he going to go to the dark? Can we say dark side? Is Mm. he going to go to the dark side? I don't know if we can say that necessarily. I don't
1: think we can legally say that. Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: Okay. Well, you know, they're not going to listen to this, but the thing is, okay, he might switch alliances. If you will, he might become a baddie now.
2: Or, he might or, turn. He might turn heel. He
0: Let's might turn that. heel. That's a good way of saying it. He might turn heel. Very nice. And in that this episode of playing Medusa, the Queen Medusa that we mentioned earlier, is Francine York. And that Francine, Francine York? I didn't know which Francine York you're talking about. Probably?
2: Probably. Which Francine York is a... <laughs>
0: I, I didn't know there's more than one, but she has a lengthy career. She's no longer with us, but her career goes back to 1959. And as I said, she unfortunately is not with us. She passed away in
2: 2017. Ah, uh, yep, that Brancine York.
0: Yeah, she's been on many things. Almost that actress on that show or movie, so. Very diverse career. All right, moving on to episode four, Beyond the Stars. And actually, I, I gave a little emphasis because there's an exclamation point at the end. Beyond the Stars. Drago sends an undercover agent into Star Command to Professor Parsifoot.
2: I have to mention an appearance here of Cleet Keith, uh, who is known for playing roles in Three Days Blind, Instant Trauma, And Superman for The Quest for Peace. And as a stand-in in Cabin Boy. And also one episode of Seeing Elsewhere and Lou Grant. I only mention this because I told you the names are getting incredibly hokey. He plays a guy by the name of Matt Darlingstar. I am not making that name up.
0: I think it's maybe Matt Daringstar.
2: Matt Daringstar, excuse
0: that me. That makes more sense if you think about it. Yeah, Daringstar. Plus, also, he's presumably the kidnapper, so maybe he's a little more daring. I, I, I'm just throwing stuff out there, but it, it makes sense in my mind saying Daringstar. I, I just yeah. gave my, my rationale.
2: Yeah, you that makes more sense.
0: Okay. Episode 5 is Secret of the Ancients. In order to save Jason, Professor Parsifoot must help Dragos read the secrets of the Tantalusian Power Disc. That all sounds like a device you'd put on your like your Nintendo entertainment system. The Tantalusian Power Disc.
2: Yeah, I actually have a copy of the Tantalusian Power Disc. It's a DiscoVision copy of Kiss Save Santa from
1: Family Guy. Yeah, did you just make a Family Guy reference?
2: I did. <laughs>
1: oh my God.
0: Oh <laughs> um, I, I I'm 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 speechless. Okay. Episode six, the power of the star disc. Speaking of the Tantalusian Stardisk. banished into limbo by Dragos, Jason and the commander meet a Tantalusian ghost. A g- 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 ghost! <laughs> you G-Scoop! No, wrong, wrong type of ghost. <laughs> space ghost. Not not one that's coast to coast. I'm Spencer. He's Tracy. I'm Cog. Oh my gosh. Alright, moving on. We're getting near the end here. There's only six more episodes. Episode 7, Through the Stargate. A space seeks help repairing his spaceship from Star Command, but his cargo sends Jason, Samantha, and Parsifoot into another dimension. How many dimensions are there in space? This is at least like the third dimension they've gone to in just this season and a half, essentially, at this point.
2: Yep. But we have a name in this episode playing the role of Adron is Rod Loomis, and you would know him as Sigmund Freud in... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: Oh, oh, that
2: guy. Yep. And he was also on Star Trek The Next Generation as Paul Mannheim.
0: Forging ahead to episode eight, face-to-face. Jason and his crew are trapped in another dimension with a mortal enemy. Only by supporting... Well, well, I'm going to assume it's the other dimension that they got into in the last episode. Okay. I, I don't think they somehow went from w- another dimension to a, a third or fourth dimension, and good heavens, if we're into the fifth dimension, I, I think we may have like copyright violations. Oh boy, yeah, G- G- Greg will put something in there. No, no, he can't do that. You can't put a fifth dimension song. But anywho,
2: got the waiting baby. <laughs> We get it. You want to marry Bill, okay?
0: So now, regarding this other dimension, they're trapped with a mortal enemy. Only by supporting each other can they survive. And also, Rod Loomis as Adron uh, appears in this episode again. I'm guessing Adron is this mortal enemy in this mysterious dimension. And also, this is the uh, second and last episode that he's on. So I'm guessing that once they get out of this mysterious dimension, Adron disappears and we never hear from him again? We'll find out in Episode 9, Phantom Force. After Samantha rescues a young boy from a lost spacecraft, Star Command is plagued by a series of strange incidents.
2: Playing the role of the young boy is David Comfort, who isn't known for doing much of actual import. In fact, his last credit was in 2003 as Dick Grayson in a short called Power Meeting, where Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, and Peter Parker have suddenly become obsolete. Like I said before, I wish I was kidding, I'm not.
0: I can verify he's not joking. Not that he'd ever lie to us. Moving on to episode 10, Little Girl Lost. Jason and Samantha discover a young girl called Heidi and her doll in the wreckage of a crashed spaceship. Isn't that how Jason discovered Samantha? She was frozen in space wreckage. Yeah,
2: that's how Jason discovered Samantha.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm buying it. And playing Heidi, the uh, young girl in this episode, is Heather O'Connell, and she has a total of two credits to her name. She plays Heidi in Jason of Star Command, and she plays a role, little girl, in Galaxina, whatever that is.
2: And And
0: I care so much about Galaxina, I'm not even looking to see what it is. I'm moving forward to episode 11. Which is called Mimi's Secret. Dragos and Star Command vie for the secrets hidden in Heidi's doll. Oh, Mimi is the doll. Okay.
2: Yeah, Mimi is the doll, and the doll has a secret. We have no idea what the secret is, but we probably will once we see episode 12. The last episode of the series.
0: Remember that. Battle for Freedom. Dragos kidnaps the commander, so Jason tries to free him from his asteroid prison. Can Jason's courage overcome the evil of Dragos at last? Question mark? Presumably, it does.
2: Presumably.
0: Presumably, we have closure. I don't think they'd leave us hanging, especially if uh, they knew the end was near.
2: Yeah, or at least the end of this season. Because remember, they ended the first season with a bit of closure. Surely they're not going to end the second season on a cliffhanger. That would just be a bit of a jerk move. Especially when you have the um, the capacity to rerun shows like this at nauseum, as you do on Saturday morning.
0: Which we'll get into in a little bit. In this episode, playing... Joaneen is Udonna Power. She's been on a little bit of everything. It looks like really the last major thing she did was in 1993. She was on an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Ah. Uh. But again, she's got a very diverse career going back to the early 60s, primarily in the 70s and uh, up until, again, like I said, 1993-ish. So that's the show. Presumably, we get some sort of closure. I don't think Dragos wins again, because otherwise, you know, that would be kind of weird. And uh, there's no season three,
2: so... Yeah, maybe this is ultimate closure? Who knows? It has to be closure. I mean, what else are you going to do, right? And I think this show, pretty much, because it is a Filmation production, pretty much came to its... um, organic conclusion. We told a story, we ended the story, season's over, series is over, we're done with it. I imagine CBS wants to go in another direction because it just seems like a good way to just end it.
0: Yeah. Well, CBS didn't necessarily take it into a different direction. They obviously replaced it with a new series, but reruns of this show were on CBS Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings up until 1981. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe there's something there. Maybe again, Lou Shimer and filmation being Lou Shimer and filmation, maybe it got too expensive. I mean, we saw that issue with the ghostbusters where even though it was a good show, we're going to put more money into uh, ISIS. So Jason of Star Command was replaced by Shazam in January of 1980. But reruns of Jason of Star Command, as I said, they moved to Sunday mornings at 8.30 in the morning. And that was for 14 months. So that took you into 1981. But then, believe it or not, it returned back to Saturdays, again, all reruns at one in the afternoon. Because remember, back in like the 80s, cdbs primarily programmed saturday morning programming till like two in the afternoon
2: yeah and the whole 12 to 2 block would go up against abc's weekend special and american bandstand and also whatever nbc was limping into the barn with
0: i don't know if they did counter-programming that weight on nbc especially because if you think about it at least for half the year during uh, the spring and summer, wouldn't baseball have been on uh, NBC at like 1 o'clock, your MLB game of the week?
1: Yeah, Saturday game of the week would be on there, yeah.
0: So they really wouldn't have a reason to counter-program up until presumably 12.30 or so, because I'm sure you have your pregame and then the East Coast game starts at 1 o'clock. So yeah, I don't think uh, NBC had much of anything going on at that time. But this entire series, believe it or not, has been released on DVD.
2: That's right. It was released on DVD by BCI Eclipse in 2007. The print has gone out of print, and BCI Eclipse has since gone out of business. It fetches a very high price on the secondary market, but you can watch all 28 episodes for free, on YouTube, unofficially.
0: Yes, some kind soul has ripped the DVDs and put all 28 episodes online. Thank you so much. Well, guys, before you go, anybody want to do a little eBay Prices Right?
1: Oh, no.
2: (laughs) I want to see what Mike found. So, yeah, hit the music.
0: Okay. What is that? So what you're going to bid on, guys, is a
2: series DVD set. Now, is this the BCI Eclipse print?
0: Are there other ones? I thought it was no, BCI. There isn't,
2: no, there, there isn't any other ones. I just thought I'd ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, rare and out of print. Uh, actually, this is not just uh, Jason of Star Command. This is also the complete series of Space Command and ARC-2. It includes a 16-page booklet with episode info and trivia. And all the discs have been fully tested and they play perfectly. And we're going to do dollars and cents. And I'm going to start with Chico. And this is a sold price. The auction ended April 15th of 2022.
2: Okay, so I said that this fetches a high price on the secondary market. Yeah. With Arc 2 and Space Academy as well. I Space Command,
0: Space Command.
2: Space Command. With Arc 2 and Space Command as well. I imagine it is going to be even higher, so I'm going to say
1: 8269. Nice-ish, Okay. Greg I'm going to go eighty nine
0: ninety right, kids. Break out the charge card, because this would have cost you $149.99.
1: Yikes. No, I'm good. Did we well,
2: mention I mean, that all 28 episodes of Chase of Star Command are available for free on the YouTube unofficially? Well, also...
0: Just Jason of Star Command, believe it or not, uh, goes for about a hundred dollars on eBay. So you're getting Arc Two and Space Command at a discount, sort of. But it looks like it's a box set. It looks like it, it looks like it's in a box set. So it's not three separate releases, uh, or you know, they're, 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 it's not three separate purchases combined into one uh, package. All right. But yeah, I mean, that's what happens with these DVDs that go out of print from uh, like BCI Eclipse and some of these other manufacturers where they haven't printed some of these uh, DVDs in 15 years. It becomes collectible and rare, even though more times than not, some generous soul has put them on a certain video site on the Internet whether it's YouTube or Daily Motion or Vimeo or what have you. So what can we say about Jason Star Command? It tried writing the coattails of such science fiction properties of the 70s as Star Trek and Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica and Space 1999, O Future Entry Space 1999, and they tried doing it for kids. Ultimately... The viewers said, you know what? Maybe it's just best if Jason of Star Command is just a thing on TV.
2: Mm hmm. But hey, it did give us Peepo. And And, Wiki. And Wiki. And the two foot eleven guy.
1: Who's not Billy Barty?
2: Who's not Billy Barty.
0: The one that makes Billy Barney look really tall,
2: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know what else is really tall? All of the tales we have on our website, it was a thing on tv.com. We have 260-some-odd episodes. We have minisodes, live watches. It Was a Thing presents. Links to our good friends at Place to Be Nation. And I believe we are wrapping up Marvel Month as yeah, yeah, ma- yeah,
1: Nation yeah, this week. Yeah, because Wednesday I'm releasing Dad Stop Embarrassing Me and Saturday Night Live Eighty Five, which I gotta say, Saturday Night Live Eighty Five was one of our best episodes. Yes. But, but as noted listener Josh Henniger pointed out to us on Twitter, there's two other people besides Siri Sweeney who are involved in both SNL and Mad TV. Okay. The right. first is Jeff Richards. And the other one, Taron Killam.
2: Oh yeah, I forgot about Taron Killam, uh, I forgot Taron Killam was on Mad TV, and I forgot Jeff Richards was on SNL. So
1: everyone forgotten that Jeff Richards was on SNL. <laughs> yeah, but Keenan Thompson what? pretty much upstaged him. No. <laughs> oh, and was it Taron Killam on the Amanda Show too? I want to
2: say he was. I'm going to have to do some quick on-the-fly research. And while I'm doing that, I'll just remind you that we are also on the YouTube. And if you want to follow us, you can do so. Just follow us, subscribe to our feed, and hit that notification bell. It's a so you can stay up to date on future entries. And by the way, uh, shout out to the guy who keeps reminding us.
1: E.G. Daly was also in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I'm sorry. We have nothing against her in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's just when we think of E.G. Daly, we think Rugrats. Or Powerpuff
2: Girls. We also think of Powerpuff Girls.
1: Well, I don't think of Powerpuff Girls. but okay. How could
2: you not think of Powerpuff Girls?
1: I don't think of her as being involved in Powerpuff Girls.
0: Okay. While they're arguing about Powerpuff Girls and E.G. Daily, our next episode. Hey, like the fifth or sixth most popular person on soap got her own series. What? Huh? Yeah. And it starred a television legend. Huh? Huh? And also had a legend in the making starring in a TV series very early in his career. Huh? What You heard what I said. What am I talking about? Well, I guess you need to come back here on Thursday and find out on the next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you to Greg. Thank you to Chico. We'll catch you here Thursday with another episode.
2: Until then, Taron Killam was indeed on The Amanda Show. And all that. And all that. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you... For the next one wow
1: i want the york case there's no york case with was a suicide copy no thanks cappuccino espresso oh. hey scotty can you get this machine to work i'm giving it all she's god captain if i push it any harder the whole thing will blow